The last few weeks we've been looking at um, developing and having holy habits in our life. And we've kind of started at a different place. Um, for some of us out there that may be wanting to develop new habits in our life, we, we look at what can I do, what things can I have in place in my life, and we, we like to have a list of things. Like I think a lot of us go, like maybe if we start a new job, we want to get to the point where we go, that, that thing, that thing, that thing, that becomes what I do, and then I can... I can learn the new skill and all those kinds of things in our life. But to develop habits, sometimes we actually, I think we need to start in a different place. And so we've, we're using habits as an acronym to build each one. So H, for those who weren't here, is actually developing a healthy identity. When we talk about healthy identity and, and developing holy habits, it's about developing who God understands us to be. Okay, and that becomes really important because uh, we've just sung a song there where it says sometimes we believe the lies that are around us rather than what God says about us. And that, that's really important for us to know because if the world gets to a point where it says this is what's true about you and we believe that and God who created us says something very different, we're believing and we're, we're sort of taking a lie into our lives. Um, a, we looked at last week, was about asking for help. Now, that becomes so important because I asked the question last week, who here likes to ask for help? And the hands weren't really positive. Now, who, when we turn around and says, oh, who would like give help if asked? Everyone put their hand up. Well, no, no issue. But we don't like asking for help because we are independent. And you know what? You know what independence causes us? If we truly follow our independence to the end, it causes us to die in our sin. That's a separation from God. That's what true independence is. But when we are dependent on, on others, especially on God, all of a sudden we get to the point where we need to ask for help. So we need to ask God for help to achieve some of the things he wants in our life. But we can actually ask the community in which God has placed us to actually do that as well. Now for that to happen... We looked at Hebrews last week. It said, do not neglect the coming together of, of the believers. And, and how that is more than this this time here. We have small groups going during the week. There's nothing stopping you from actually catching up with other believers on other occasions. So you don't just go, I only see my Christian friends in this block and that block and that's all we do. I say, no, no. We are a community together who is wanting to grow together in God and help others grow together in God. And so when we ask for help, we can do it all the time. And so we looked at some of those habits, like maybe you want to develop a better, better, uh, better prayer. So why don't you ask someone to come and pray with you? Hey, God, can I ring you up every morning at 8.30 and can we pray together? Now, straight away, someone's going to be doing that with you. So it's going to be really hard to get out of it. Um, you might want to develop a better Bible reading habit. You might want to sort of um, have an attitude that you're really struggling with. So you share that with someone and go, hey, can you, can you help me with this attitude? Can you help me with my gossip? Can you help me with this thing that is, is grabbing a hold of me? Um, and so ask for help and, like, and don't sort of, um, sort of steer away from asking for help because asking for help does not mean that you're failing in any way. It means that you are human. Um, and if anyone is human here, feel free to ask for help. Uh, if you're not human, okay, you've got other problems um, and that I can't help you with. So, um, um, but the, today we're looking at B. Um, and so our B for the word of habits is be kind to yourself. 
Now, some of you go, what does he mean by that? Because I'm always nice to myself. When I go to the fridge, I treat myself with as much chocolate as I can. Um, when I do this, or when I sleep in the morning, I stay there as long as I can. Um, the people that aren't kind to me are my children that come and wake me up in the morning. Um, but I'm kind to myself. The reality is some of our self-talk, some of those, those self-beliefs, some of those, I suppose, ways that we look at ourselves can actually be very self-defeating and actually keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. Imagine for a moment that you are going, you know what, I'm going to run a marathon this year. And so to do that, I'm going to get to the point where um, I'm going to get into the habit of, of running two kilometres a day. Not, not a lot. And so you, go, you know what, I can actually do more than two kilometres because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get myself prepped. And I'm going to go buy those short shorts that will make me go faster. I'm going to get the, the latest and most expensive joggers. So, so just so I throw up that first picture. So we actually get ourselves ready to go. We are all set to go. And maybe you go for a jog around the block, maybe you go to the gym, and you start, you start running, running real confidently. And then that thing called oxygen becomes really on short supply in your body. And, and, and all of a sudden, like, you go, who sucked the oxygen out of the world because it's not getting into my lungs? And 10 metres later, you kind of go, oh, and now my, my, there's, a, there's a burning feeling in my legs, um, my knees are hurting, I'm going, where is all this pain coming from? Who is attacking me? And we get to the next picture, thanks to Sight, and all of a sudden, our 2Ks becomes 100 metres and we are defeated. Okay, anyone felt like that ever? Like, we just get to the point. Okay, it doesn't have to be running. It could be any habit at all. We, we get ourselves so excited. We, we might, like, um, ever watch a Rocky movie and all of a sudden you feel like, I'm going to go and work out. And, and then the next morning you wake up and, and 10 minutes into it going, I'm feeling like that. So the problem is we need to be kind to ourselves so because if we get to that point and go, I've failed, I'm not going to try this again, we will actually live in defeat, we will live in failure forever. And so we've got to get into the, the idea that we've got to step out of the perfection zone. Stepping out of the perfection zone. So when we sort of go, this is my new habit, don't get to the point where I'm going, if I fail at this in any way, I'm going to stop moving in that direction. If God has wanted doing something in my life and I, I take 10 steps in a positive direction and God is changing me in that way and all of a sudden I have a slip up, it doesn't mean I go back to the beginning. It doesn't mean I go back to where I was. It means I've taken a step back. It may, means I've tripped up. And so it means that doesn't mean the end of my journey. And so I get to keep going. So when we're looking to are in the process of changing bad habits and developing good habits, you need to realise it's time to not aim for perfection. Okay? Because all of a sudden that will bring you to that idea where we are failing and feel like a failure. Um, Psalm 32, 1 and 2 says, Oh, what a joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what a joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt whose lives are lived in, a com in complete honesty. Now, I don't know if you picked up when, and that was read earlier, and, and even then when it was read, there is a joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. It's not a joy for those who are not sinners at all. 
Do you, do you see that? That means the person that is writing this is saying, I have failed and God has forgiven me. There is joy in my life because of that. And then it goes on and says, there is joy for those who had their, their, their record cleared of guilt. That means I have failed. I failed God. And God said, that's okay. I'm, I'm a forgiving God. I'm going to wipe that record clear. Go on and joy. So God straight away actually looks at us a lot differently than we look at ourselves at times. God wants us to be better. God wants us to be who he made us to be. But I think too many times God is more gracious to us than we are to ourselves. And so we need to learn how to be kind to ourselves. Now, being kind to ourselves is not being lazy and going, do you know what? I'm going to live in my sin. In fact, I'm going to rejoice in it because oh, I can say, what a forgiving God it is. Paul totally disagrees with that idea. But we see that God has actually brought joy for those whose as Lord has, has been cleared of guilt. But also that before you get to a point where you are living a life in complete honesty, there is, God will deal with stuff in your life. And so when you're failing, it's an opportunity for God to work. It's not a, a reason that you need to stop or feel like a failure. To develop holy habits, we need to address the good, ha uh, good habits in our lives and find the joy that God has for us in being released. And so we actually need to get to the point where we don't give in to the negative self-talk. Um, if you, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but for a lot of us, there are, we... we the way that we talk in our minds is often not as beneficial to us. We, 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 we can be critical of others, but we can be really critical of ourselves. Like, has anyone ever yelled at their kids and then all of a sudden going, oh, I'm a terrible parent? Um, like, or you've had a fight with your husband or wife and go, oh, I feel like a terrible husband. Um, I feel like I've, I've failed again in that. Maybe you should have been in your workplace. You go, I messed up again. I'm never going to get that. Never going to be good enough for this. Maybe for those at school, all of a sudden, you know, I've got a question wrong in class. Oh, what a terrible student I am. I'm not popular. I'm not. I'm not good enough for anything. I can't play sport. Can't do anything. All of a sudden, that's the conversation that we're having with ourselves. Now, because it's in our head, it's a lot louder at times than what other things that are coming in there. And so we need to make sure we don't give in to that negative self-talk. That song we just sung just before, it talks about this idea that um, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. And the thing is, we look at, and I don't know for you, but we look at our world and we have a world that is struggling with importance. They say I'm not important. So basically the world's lie, you become important by buying stuff. And to get stuff, you need to work hard. And to work hard, you need this kind of job. And, to, and all of a sudden, there's just this circular idea that stuff will make you happy and to do this. And all of a sudden, you buy that lie because you're wanting to feel important. Because do you know why? The world is saying that you are not enough. And God is saying, you are my child. You are of great value to me. You are enough. It doesn't matter anything you do. You can be the fastest person in the world or the slowest, and God says, you are both valued to me, because he is our creator. Um, we pick up in, in Psalm 32, 3, it says, When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. It is so easy for us in our lives, 
when we get this negative self-talk happening in our lives and, and they have those habits and we go, you know what, I'm never going to change, I'm never going to do this, we can live with less so easily. And I'm not, I'm not talking about de-junking and minimalizing your life, I'm, I'm talking about living with a less identity. God says you are this, we believe this. And then the world says, oh, you can be more if you do it this way. And we go, oh, I can believe what God says or I can try and pursue it the way the world wants and we never get there. All of a sudden we keep saying to ourselves, I'm not changing quick enough. Maybe we get to the point where we say, I can't change. It's not going to happen. We get to a point where we say, I'm a horrible person because of this in my life. I can't stop myself. I can't be like those other people. Look at me, I've messed up again. All these things we say to ourselves and all of a sudden we're not handing this over to God and, and our body wastes away for, for the, from the weight that we place on ourselves. It's something that God didn't um, mean for us to be there. And sometimes we get to the point that we, we get so used to the junk being in our lives, whether it's a junk attitude or a junk behaviour, that the pendulum can swing as we settle with that idea and says, we go, I'm okay, at least I'm not as bad as that person. I'm going to live in my rubbish, but I don't have as much rubbish as them. Now, when you think about that lie, like, okay, I don't have as much rotten fruit in my, in my um, space as they have, so I must be doing better. I will tell you this, whether you have one rotten apple or ten, it is still going to stink. And if you are buying that lie, your life is going to stink. If you go, you know what, I'm going to settle for this. I'm just going to get used to the sin in my life. I'm going to get used to these bad habits. I'm going to get used to feeling like a failure. And I'm just going to compare myself to other people that are doing worse. It still means that you're not in a good place. We need to be realistic and honest with ourselves. We need to count the small victories when we're moving forward. But we don't learn to live with our sin or our bad habits. What we need to do is that we, we don't accept that failure is the end. When you slip up, when you feel like you're failure, that is not the end of your journey. Okay? Otherwise, most of us would stop so many times. We would see a world that has actually stopped spinning because of people living in their failure. It's so easy after we've failed once or a hundred times to accept that this isn't ever going to happen. Whatever my goal is, whatever the habit I'm trying to form, it's not going to happen. Oh God, I've tried to read the Bible. I've tried to get that habit in my life. And every time I open it up, I, I get confused and I, I, I have three good days and then I miss the next ten and oh God, just, it's not going to happen in my life. Oh God, I, I, I want to share my faith with other people, but I, I just don't. And, and like every, I, oh God, it's just, it's just a mess. Don't ask me to do it because I can't. Oh God, I, I want to be a good dad. But every time I, I, I try and be a good dad, I mess it up and like, God, my, my kids are doomed. They're just stuck with me. But don't accept that failure is the end. Don't accept that this is who I am, this is what I will be, um, be with the things, and things will never change. This is where we let the past, this is, this, this is what the problem is, we let the past, both recent and distant past, control and dictate our... Most of us have had either bad things that have happened to us or bad things that we have done that are in our past.
like, I, I want to say most, I'm probably going to say all, but like um, most is all of us. Uh, but it doesn't have to determine our future. But too often we let it do that. Too often we let, hey, I got hurt by that person, so I'm not going to trust the next person. I, my marriage is broken down, so I'm not going to like, um, know the love that God has for me again. Oh God, you've, I felt like you let me down over here, so I'm not going to trust you in big things anymore. Oh God, am I, I, I just, this is too hard, I can't get through, I, I can't succeed, and so I'm just going to give up. Our past does not need to determine our future. Because, but if we let that happen, all of a sudden we fail both in the present and eternally. If we let our past dictate our future, we will fail both now and forever. Now, now you might say in your head um, that, oh no, I, 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 my past doesn't affect me, but, but at times our actions will show us what we really believe about ourselves. And so sometimes that's where our habits are actually showing off the val- what we value in our lives. Right? And, and, and we're going to look at this next week a little bit more, but just a, a, a preview. If your habits show you that you value things that your head says you shouldn't value, well, the truth is it comes out of your habits, not what you believe about. Like, okay, I, I believe that it's important to share my faith. When's the last time you shared your faith? Never. Your habit says something very different about what you believe. If you believe like you, I love my kids, when's the last time you told them? When's the last time you did this for them? Well, uh, never. Well, your habits show something different. And so we're going to look at that next week as we investigate and, and make some changes. But the thing is, if we sort of said the past determines our future, let's have a look at what um, Philippian, Paul says in Philippians 3. So I'm going to break this into two verses. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ first possessed me. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. He focuses on the one thing. Now, what is this one thing? He, does Paul focus on his past? I focus on my mistakes. I focus on my bad habits. I focus on my failure. That's where our focus tends to fall. Not at all. Paul goes on to say this. Forgetting what is past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. To move forward at times, we need to let go of the past lies and hurt and grab a hold on to the truth and the freedom of God and move into that and press on into his victory. And to do that, sometimes we need to forget what is past. Now, for some of you, it is your past that will hold you away from the future that God has for you. And we need to give it to God. Otherwise, we get, we get stuck there. This is the thing, a slip up, a mistake, a fall, a failure is not your final destination unless you let it be. We can very easily live in that. Now a way to to make sure that we don't settle in our failure is to cling to God's truth. As I was preparing this, I I thought of this movie, it's, it's a movie, it's a good movie, it's got a lot of swearing in it though, so I'm... 
watch it at your own choice. You may have already seen it. But it's called Goodwill Hunting. And it's about a very, uh, very bright um, uh, young man who um, basically has been abused through, by his own parents through foster care. And because of that, he's dysfunctional in society. Um, but he's got a genius mind. And so because they recognise this genius, they send him off to get counselling. And, and, and basically, right at the end of this movie, uh, as his counselling is wrapping up, they're having this final session, not even sitting down, and they're talking about his past and what has happened to him. And, and as this young man uh, in this movie sort of acknowledges that and sort of works through that, the counsellor goes said to him goes, and moves a bit closer to him and goes, I want you to know it's not your fault. And, and the young man says, yeah, I know. No, no, it's not my fault. And the counsellor actually repeats it a number of times and moving closer and closer to him until this young man is almost angry at his counsellor because he's really attacking a, a truth that he doesn't really believe in his life. He has clung to a truth where it is his fault. And every time he says these words, it is not your fault, he is breaking down the lie that he's believed in and he's basically affirming to him, he goes, what has happened to me hasn't been my fault. And as this young man is challenged with this truth, he breaks down. It's a breakthrough for him to realise, I do not need to be stuck in my past. I can believe the truth about myself. Now... In your life, in your head, it is easy to settle on a lie in our lives. And the lie becomes so big it can, become an easy, it can easily imprison our actions and our habits. So how do we overcome this? By clinging. So clinging means finding and holding on for dear life to God's truth. Have you ever clung on to something? Like you're falling from something. And I think Bert told me a story one time where he fell off a ladder and he basically grabbed it on the way down. Now... Let it, let it play out in your mind because it's humorous. Like, let it play out. But I can imagine Bert clinging to something and like facial expressing, I'm not letting go of this because gravity is not going to be my friend today. And there's others of us, you may have fallen off something and you're hanging onto the side of the roof or you've fallen out of bed and you're hanging onto the ladder or, or something else or, or even like you, your child is about to fall from something and you cling on to them and you hang on for dear life. We need to do the same with God's truth in our life. We kind of don't just let it pass by us and go, oh, that's nice to know. We grab a hold of it and we bring it into our heart and mind and we cling on to it. To find the truth of God, we need to go to places where God's truth is. So, Bible is a place where God's truth is. If you are not reading your Bible regularly, you will fail to find God's truth. And in fact, the world will fill it up with other stuff. The church becomes a place where we can find God's truth. Other Christians, other growing Christians, because sometimes Christians actually are buying into the lies around them as well. So we've got to make sure that we, 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 we're getting fed by growing Christians around us. But here's some of the, the truths that you need to cling to, especially in this area of being kind to yourself. First of all, God is patient with you. God is patient with you. So if you're feeling like a failure and you're feeling impatient with yourself, well, the God of this universe is feeling patient with you. Give yourself a break. God is merciful to you. Last week we talked about, two weeks ago, we talked about that verse that God's mercies are new every morning. Sometimes we wake up and go, no, nah, I blew my chance yesterday, I my quota, I am done, I'm out of God. 
God's mercy is new every morning. God is merciful to you. It is one of God's truths. Um, Psalm 32.5 says, Finally I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And God zapped me with a lightning bolt. No, no, he didn't do that. And you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. If you are sitting in guilt today, if you are feeling judged today, God says, I am going to remove that if you come to me. And so if you leave this place in guilt, it's because you are choosing it. You are choosing it. God says, I will forgive you and all your guilt will be gone. Here is another truth. God is wanting to change you. God loves you enough that he's wanting to change you. And God can change you. See, that becomes another truth that we don't sometimes cling to. The fact that God can change me. That sin that is so in, in my life that I can't get rid of, God can change that. You better believe that God can do that. Otherwise, when we look at the cross, we're basically saying Jesus died for some of my sin. And you know what? When I look at the cross, Jesus gave everything so he could cover all the things that I've done. Don't let him just address part of your life. Let him address all of it. And do you know what? This is another truth you can cling to. And there's more than this. There's way more than this. But God wants the best for you more than you want it for yourself. Do you know that? God wants the best for you more than we want it for in our own lives. You might think, I want the best for myself, I want the best for my kids. No, God wants it more. And he knows what that best is. And so we need to go to his truth. So we need to cling to God's truth. Now, just on a practical side, when you do slip, look a little deeper. When you do fail, when you, when you have that habit like goes, oh, I was, I was doing this habit and I failed again, I've, I've, I'm, I'm feeling like a failure. Take that time to look a bit deeper. Be kind to yourself. Is there other habits that are letting me down and, and making me fail before I get to that point? Maybe you're on a diet and you skip, often skip lunch and then you do the shopping right before dinner. And all of a sudden your trolley is filled with all kinds of things that shouldn't be there. It's like, it's Halloween in your trolley because you've tipped it in. Trick or treat for me. And you get home and all those lollies are in your place and you go, oh, can't waste them. I better eat them. And then, the, I go, and then you go, oh, I blew my habit. I blew my... Where does that habit start? It starts with missing lunch. You see how there's a correlation with that? Now, think about it. In the morning, you wake up, you go, I'm committed to doing devotion. And all of a sudden, you reach for your phone. Now, some of you might be disciplined enough. Uh, I know some people who do, they reach for their phone, they do their devotion on their phone. Great. But for some of us, we reach for our phone and go, oh, who's emailed me? And I start, for me, I go, I start thinking about work. I start thinking the things I've got to do rather than spending time with God. Or, oh, let's just check Facebook. What's happening in the world around me? Oh, look what they ate last night for dinner. Oh, look, they went to a movie. Oh, look, that's a terrible photo. Oh, this is a reminder of what happened in my life two years ago. And all of a sudden, then what happens, you go, oh, I've got that game I was playing last night, so maybe for some of your young people, maybe for some of your older people too, you get a bit addicted to games on your phone. All of a sudden, I'll play that game for 10 minutes. And then we get up and we go, you know what? I just don't have time to spend with God. Where does that habit start? It starts with my arm reaching for my phone. And so to actually start that habit, you might want to go, you know what, the night before, I'm going to go put the Bible on the table and I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to sit in my Bible and I'm going to read it and, so I'm, going to, and I'm going to touch my phone until I've read my, God's Word and pray. 
Do you see how one habit leads to something else? And so sometimes we've got to work, we've got to look that little bit deeper. What is causing me to go that way? Um, you may actually go, I want to do something important tomorrow. So it might be like, I want to go to the gym. I want to go spend, have a family day. I want to um, do some work in the yard. I want to make sure I am at church. So that's what you're wanting to do. That's what I suppose you want to form as a habit. But I end up spending Saturday doing too many other things or I spend Saturday night watching really bad movies that start playing to one or two o'clock in the morning or playing computer games or reading that book that I wanted to finish or doing something else and all of a sudden I get to the point, you know what, going, I don't want to get up on Sunday morning. I don't want to be at church because I'm feeling, not feeling it this morning. But where does that habit start? It starts on Saturday. It starts the day before and it prevents you from being where you need to be the next day. If I stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to get up at 5 and go to the gym. Like, I won't even get up at 10 o'clock and go to the gym if I go to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. So it's, it's one thing will prevent the other. And so we've got to look at that. Are there habits that let me down? Um, when we look a bit deeper, we've got to look at how, are there other truths that let me down? Are there things that I'm believing about myself that you go, oh, this is the only way this will ever work in my life? Um, and so we go back to what we talked about a few weeks ago and having that healthy identity in God. It also talks about having faith in what God says about us. And so we need to look at that as well. Uh, maybe we are trapped in unbelief. Um, we might find in practical ways that there are situations that make me slip up. Do you find that you have bad habits or sin occurring at certain times? Maybe when you are tired and you are really cranky and you become the worst gossip at work that you can imagine. You sort of go, oh, I just go and tell everyone all the bad stuff is happening. I'm going to tell them all about all the horrible things my wife's doing, my kids are doing. And I'm here by myself, so no one's listening. But, like, like, but the thing is, maybe when we're tired, we go, okay, I actually need to spend more time with God today because I'm tired. Or maybe I'm going, I'm tired because I stayed up watching those three movies last night and now I feel prone to sin or I feel prone to that bad habit. Um, you might find in certain situations or with certain people you are more prone to do something. Are there people that make you feel critical? Uh, there, are, there are people in my life I've come across that they're always negative and the only way you can talk with them is if you're negative too. I'm going, do I want that in my life? Maybe I need to sort of change the times I spend with them. Um, so we need to be aware of times and places and people that hinder us moving as God wants us to move. And finally, when you slip, look deeper because there may be a need in your life that you are trying to fulfill with a bad habit. Like, when we look at it, most of the things that we do that are negative for us, they come out of a need. Now, it might, the need that might be there, you need to identify that and you need to actually make sure that you address it in a, f a fulfilling way. If you are, have the need to be popular and, and so all of a sudden you're doing all the wrong things to be popular, you might need to sit back and go, you know what? Popular is, is, is the wrong pursuit. I need to be a, a good friend. I need to be doing something that, uh, that I can be in control of. So what need are you trying to fulfill and is, is your bad habit even coming close to fulfilling that? Okay, well as I wrap up today, I want to sort of um, just move on to Matthew 22 uh, verses 37 to 40. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
A second and equally important, love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands and the prophets are based on these two commandments. Actually, three commandments there. Love God and love others. And what's the third one? Love yourself. You cannot love others if you do not love yourself. Do you know that? If you are not kind to yourself, if you are not valuing who you are, then the value you give to others will either be a fake value or it will be something that is not really true because you won't see their importance but your own. Jesus commanded us to love God with everything we got and love others as, as we love ourselves. And so to love others as yourself, you have to love yourself first. You need to love yourself enough that you don't give up on yourself. You need to love yourself enough not to quit. Because again, if it was reversed, if we were loving someone else and they were feeling where we'd be there cheering. You can do it. I care for you enough that you can get through this. Maybe you've got young kids. You can get through this. I care for you enough. Your marriage is on the rocks. I care for you enough. You can get through this. Hey, you're, you're wanting to sort of exercise better. You're wanting to grow in God. You can do this. The same thing for ourselves. We need to cheer ourselves on. We need to love ourselves. We need to um, love ourselves enough to, to not to accept less than what God wants to give us. If God is wanting to give you this much, and we come up and go, oh, so He's wanting to give us a shovel full of something, and we come up with a teaspoon, ah, that'll be enough, God. Thanks. I'll, I'll feel full after this. God is wanting to pour some stuff into our lives, and we kind of reject it. Don't accept anything less than God's best for yourself. Love yourself enough to forgive yourself when you have messed up. And love yourself enough to start again. So today, be kind to yourself as you are developing these habits in your life. Um, so even if it's just because Jesus commanded you to, be kind to yourself. Even when you slip up, don't give up. Don't beat yourself up. Don't get up. Just get up, look up, and ask for forgiveness and try again. And maybe in the process, ask for help and do it better next time. Let's just take some time to pray. Lord, we thank you that you have not given up on us. That you are faithfully calling us to become more and more like you. But Lord, it is so easy for us to get to a place where we go, God, I can't go on anymore. I've failed so many times or I just can't do it, God. Lord, at those times, help us to, to be gracious and merciful to ourselves, understanding that you can make a change, that you want to make a change, that you are not giving up on us. Help us to be patient with the changes that you are making, but help us to keep moving, Lord. Lord, if there is things that we are trapped by today, as I prayed earlier, help us to walk out of this place in freedom from them. Help us to see your victory. Help us to, to know that you are, you are on our side. You are cheering for us and you love us so much that you don't want us to settle for less. Help us to love ourselves enough to, to realise those truths about ourselves. Help us to cling to your truth for dear life and to walk in the freedom that that will bring us. And Lord, help us to develop those holy habits in our lives that will change us and that will see the world change around us also. We pray this in your name. Amen.